Hi, I'm Dennis Cornelison. If you downloaded this, then you probably know that Darker Projects is one of the premier producers of high-quality audio fiction on the internet. But did you ever wonder what goes on behind the scenes? This podcast takes you inside the creative process with interviews from various cast and crew members. Find out things you never knew. Welcome to Behind the Scenes at Darker Projects. Hi, my name's David Alt, voice of Byron, voice of uh, Admiral Von Grippen, amongst others. And uh, this is my first interview. Not just for Darker Project, but anywhere. I'm enjoying this. Hi there. Um, it's good to be with you. I'm currently coming to you from uh, my London studio. I moved down here. Uh, just a few weeks ago to go to acting school, but uh, more on that story later, probably. And uh, I am currently in the linen closet of the student hostel that I live in, uh, which is great fun. It's got the most wonderful uh, um, acoustic, because in the linen closet, of course, you've got all of the material just soaking up all of the sound. It's brilliant. I'm sure that people who've actually... uh, sent me lines have, have noticed an increase in quality, or at least I have anyway. Right, well, uh... Ooh. To be honest, my first voice acting experience was probably with... or first proper voice acting experience was probably with Darker Projects. I'd done a fair amount of acting in the past. Uh, oh, think about it. In the years 97 to 2000, I was co-presenter on uh, a kids' show on hospital radio, which was, oh, that was great fun. I had the mickey taken out of me mercilessly on it, and there are loads and loads of little sketches that were done, uh, mostly making me the butt of the joke, but it was good fun anyway. (laughs) Um, And uh, that was probably my first experience of actually going on the radio. Okay, so it's not quite uh, voice acting, but it was still... I suppose that was my first experience of actually having a mic there and not an audience that you can see. The audience is is elsewhere, so you just have to talk and imagine the audience's response. My acting experience itself uh, really started coming from university. Uh, Even though I was doing a maths degree and then in the third year I swapped to astrophysics. Uh, I was still doing lots and lots of uh, acting on the side. I was in musicals, mostly in comedy, doing uh, either playing the parts of um, pompous upper-class gits or or else um, members of the church, which is interesting. (laughs) Uh, shows you something about uh, about the way I seem to exist, um, and that was great. It was so much fun being able to to act at university. I think it was then that I had the the calling to do acting, but I never actually thought of it as a as a serious uh, vocation well, until just a few weeks ago. I was doing I was doing lots of acting sketches wise things like that. 
and I've and I've always been uh, a follower of um, audio Doctor Who stuff. Uh, and then I stumbled across Darker Projects. So I listened to the Doctor Who, and I listened to uh, Section Thirty One, and I got very much into Section Thirty One, and, and a lot into Night Terrors. That's that's what really got me the Night Terrors. And so I thought, well, why not try? Uh, I got my mum had got a microphone, so I could use that. Uh, and just I, I just thought, well, why don't I join up and, and see if I can get anything? So. Uh, I sent an email, and in fact, my DP day, my first anniversary uh, of being with Darker Projects, is the fourth of December. I was looking through uh, recently, looking through my old emails. Um, so I, I joined up, and well, I suppose what has made my acting experiences so good with Darker Projects was uh, I submitted an audition for something. I just, I just grabbed the first audition that came along, sent it in, and then suddenly I would be asked to, to do this and that, I'd get little parts here and there, until uh, Eric emailed and, and said, yeah, would you like so-and-so, I've got a particular voice in mind, would you like to try for it? And it's just grown from there, and of course now I've got, uh, I've had um, Byron, which is, oh, that is a brilliant show to do. Spring turns to summer, and my thoughts turn to family. I have one, a family, that is. Parents of a sort, now far distant and so removed from this physical world I choose to inhabit that communication with them is meaningless. Siblings, I have said I am one of four. What? Byron, it's me. Good for you. I'm not interested. I would like to meet with you. There are matters that need to be discussed. Thanks, but I'm done talking. I must insist, brother. It is important to me that we speak. You could at least knock, Estiva. I used the telephone. It seemed correct. I should have known it was one of you. The phone hasn't been connected for three years. Should I apologize for contacting you in an inappropriate way? You never had reason to apologize before. Our sister is asking for a gathering in the realm of our brother. How's she doing? This time of year always reminds me of her. She is well. She's coming into strength, and I believe that is why she seeks our counsel. Slateface will be there? If by that you mean our brother, yes. He has agreed to host us for this meeting. What's so important that you need to come and disturb my peace? Zoe would not speak of details, but she said to tell you that... The Leviathan dances? I'll get my coat. Uh, I do like doing Byron a lot. Um, uh, and Von Grippen, and I've... There's the Autumn novel, 
that's been that's being serialised and post-produced. Uh, I got the main part in that, and I got the main part in oh, what's it called? Um, and Kaldan in By the Sword. Yeah, got the part of of Kaldan in that. So it's just grown, and and uh, what has made the the darker project stuff so good is that. Uh, I've been given all of these fantastic parts to play, and I just have so much fun sitting down uh, and doing them. The the people on the list are, are warm and friendly, and and it's and it's fun to to be on the list. And uh, I think it's just the sheer scale, the sheer number of 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 opportunities that Darker Projects presents. Add to that the fact that the audio that is produced is absolutely amazing it is it, it's of such good quality that um, I am proud to be a part of it and sometimes when I listen back to myself I think ooh that was terrible but listen to everyone else they were fantastic uh, but yeah given that everyone else is so great my post-production Oh, take my hat off to all the post-producers. Um, it is incredible. So, I've, I've got into it like that. Um, I also do my podcasts, and the other thing I like about Darker Projects is I can just send out a random short script for my intros and outros to the Jodcast. That's my, uh, that's my astronomy podcast from Jodrell Bank. And people will just happily do them, and uh, just do them as a bit of fun. So, uh, it's the fact that people are, are, are just up for anything. And, and they're, they're great, and they will... yeah. I suppose I have to regret putting that picture of uh, the goatee up on, um, up on the group's page. <laughs> oh, I... That all started with uh, me... Oof. It was in my third year of university, so 2002. And at that point... I had been elected president of the Methodist Society. <clears throat> now, the Methodist Society isn't uh, quite a big um, Bible-bashing, woo, scary, evangelical organisation. It was uh, very much a, a very warm and friendly group that just has a load of fun, and we uh, and uh, uh, all sorts of of things, as well as obviously. Um, being linked through through the, the Methodist Church, and I thought, well, given that I'm going to be in charge of freshers at the beginning of my third year, uh, I thought I, I need something very particular to me. Now, at that point, people knew of my uh, of my character. Uh, just my ordinary character and the one thing they said to me is don't scare the freshers I was there looking all nice and innocent saying what would I and they would say yes uh, I said oh okay uh, so I thought over the summer why not grow a beard grow a goatee and um, this was that was a good plan my parents weren't amazingly impressed by it, but there we go. Uh, other people weren't amazingly impressed by it first time. Second time round, they did. 
but because uh, I've had two, most of them, have, uh, both of them, have only lasted a couple of months at most. So I grew this goatee to scare the freshers, and, and granted, I did look rather satanic while I had it, uh, and that was that was good fun. Um, I had it over my 21st birthday, so I've got uh, shots from my birthday with me with a goatee. Probably not how I want to remember it, but there we go. Uh, has it made me a better person? <laughs> I, I suppose it has. I, I, I've learned to appreciate um, clean shavenness a lot more. Uh, although it is good to know that, uh, given three weeks' notice, I can um, I can be fairly demonic just in physical appearance and not in acting. I'm very much learning the techniques of stage acting. That'll be uh, the main thing. So there's going to be a lot of movement and that's not somewhere where I'm used to, uh, to acting. I haven't had to move that much. Obviously when, when I am acting and standing here with my microphone, I do all the, the gestures and things that I would. Uh, it's interesting that when I do Byron, um, when I'm doing the, the narrations, I will usually stand here and rest um, my elbow on on something, whether it be a table or, or the shelves here, and rest my head in it. And uh, yes, that uh, gets me into the the frame of mind, really, for the narrating Byron. <laughs> It began on a pleasant spring day in April. I'd come to the farmer's market in Portland as this is the best place to go if you enjoy organic foods over the processed stuff the local shops sell. I also find it the best place to gather information. For some weeks now, a strange new drug called Rush had been making its way onto the streets of Portland. This drug has a strange side effect on those who use it regularly, but we'll get into that story another time. I was sitting on a bench watching as various people went about buying and trading their various goods. I was waiting for one of my contacts to turn up, a small-time pusher named Jerry Tibbs. He'd recently gotten word to me that he had info to sell, as he called it, and that this was the place he wanted to meet. It was while I was waiting that I noticed her. A young, attractive woman with raven black hair. She was dressed in a one-piece black suit with a long black jacket. Normally, I wouldn't think anything unusual about this. But you see, she wasn't the only one dressed like this. I counted at least six others mingling in the crowd. They were all dressed in the same type of uniform, right down to the long black coat. And they were all making their way towards me. It didn't take me long to realize that Jerry Tibbs had sold me out to someone. Now normally, human culture doesn't see the real world as it really is. They're not able to perceive most of what is going on around them. But there are those that have been trained to look beyond the masquerade. Those that see the supernatural world. Some work for top secret government agencies. Others tend to gravitate towards religious orders. One of these is known as the Watch. An elite group of men and women who work for the Vatican out of Rome. They tend to dress in black uniforms with black coats. To say the least, I was very concerned. I had had dealings with a watch before. Those were not pleasant experiences. The raven-haired woman started walking towards me. I was about to stand, but suddenly something sharp stabbed me in the chest. 
I looked down to see a tranquilizer dart sticking out of me. Now that's just rude, I muttered as the dart's contents washed into me. I tried to reach up and pull it out of my chest, but my arms felt like lead weights. I was starting to become lightheaded. Normal drugs have no effect on me, but the watch is nothing if not well-equipped to deal with unknowns, such as myself. Whereas for other times when I'm playing Byron, uh, I'll just be, be standing here, but... Yeah. And, and obviously with, with other things. I'm, I'm very much a gesticulating person. So movement is something completely different for me as an actor, so I'm, I'm uh, focusing a lot on that. But the time will come when in voice classes we'll start learning different accents, and that will help me because uh, even, got a, even though I've got a couple of accents under my belt, I don't usually use them when I'm doing uh, my acting work on, on darker projects. I think I ought to at some point. It's a matter of being confident enough to, to be able to record in them. We're getting enough bit parts which I can I can use to, to chuck them in. I like Byron a lot. I think you've probably guessed this from the course of this interview. Uh, I do very much like playing Byron. I identify a lot actually with his uh, with his view on the world, even though I'm I'm just turning 25. Uh, sometimes oh Especially through university first time, I felt that I'd been uh, I'd been around for about 250, which is a mere youngster compared to Byron, of course. I think because Eric designed or, or had a lot of the Doctor in mind when creating the character of Byron, uh, I identify a lot with Byron because I identify a lot with uh, with the Doctor. It's it would be my dream job to play the Doctor. Uh, that's what I'm hoping to do when I get out of acting school. Try and get into uh, Russell T. Davis's dress book and see if I can if I can go on to play that. Because I've always identified with the with the character of the Doctor, this very flawed, independent hero. Uh, I suppose that's why I've come to to uh, appreciate being Byron because I can see a lot of. Um, a lot of a, a few traits within me, which makes it easier to identify with the character. I wouldn't say that I am Byron, though. I'm not that independent. I do have uh, close friends. I do have uh, people that I rely on. I don't have all the answers. So Byron isn't me, and I'm not Byron. But we do share a couple of uh, a couple of traits. Would I do lunch with him? Very much so. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I think someone with the the depth and breadth of experience as Byron would be a fascinating person to to have lunch with. Uh, all of his stories from I don't know Alexander the Great through to um, medieval times, etc., etc. Oh, it would just be it would just be interesting to chat to him, listen to his stories. Uh, and of course, I'd like to see inside this famous tower as well. I, I've I've acted within it plenty of times, but I'd like to like to go over to Portland uh, and see what it's like. Plus, it would be a chance for for a holiday, unless he was going to come over to 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 London here. So, yes, very much so. I would very much like to do lunch with Byron. 
In fact, I think I'd like to do lunch with any of, of, of the characters uh, on darker projects. Maybe except for a few of the baddies. Although some of them could be quite interesting. Right, so there you go. Um, I hope you've enjoyed listening to my inane ramblings for the last however long it's been. Uh, and I hope you continue to enjoy listening to everything without all darker projects. You've been listening to Behind the Scenes at Darker Projects. Featured in this episode was David Alt. This series is produced by Ellie Hirschman. Post-production by Dennis Cornelison. The executive producer for Darker Projects is Eric Busby. Theme music by Oakman's Dreamland. Downloads available at soundclick.com. This has been a Darker Projects production. For more audio and podcasts, please visit www.darkerprojects.com.